tell you, it's Leon B up here. Hi, I'm Amanda Addy. I'm Femi Bancole. My name is Bonnie O'Demanel. This is the Black and Irish Podcast. Hi, I'm Leon Diop, and welcome to the Christmas special edition of the Black and Irish podcast. Let's go. <laughs> We're doing something a little bit different this time. We're all in front of our laptops looking at each other's faces because the team of this year, as we know, is being remote unfortunately we couldn't all get together to have a chat but you know we're gonna have a virtual christmas chat we're gonna talk about everything that's happened in 2020 the year it's been for black and irish and we're also gonna have a chat about everyone's favorite time of year except femi's christmas we're gonna talk about our christmas traditions <laughs> and, and what it's like for us at home so who, who do i have here with me today i have the bountiful bonnie hey what's up leon how you doing man i have the fabulous femi that's what they call me how are you doing and i have the amazing amanda Ade. hello 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 how are you guys doing let's get this show on the road let's get this podcast started Lads and lassies, I'd love to get your views on 2020, how it's been so far. For me, it's it's been absolutely crazy. If I could describe it in one word, it would be challenging. And that's because obviously we've had a number of different things that have happened this year that have just made it like that little bit tougher to get through. Bonnie, tell us what, what's it been like for you, man? Honestly, Leon, when I think of 2020, it feels like it's been an absolute movie. A lot of things that you never thought would have happened in real life happened. You know, we had pandemics, we had crazy debts we had economic issues it was just everything put into one year it was a weird year in the sense that you really got to realize and acknowledge the importance of staying connected with people do you know mm, yeah uh, a lot of the um, relationships and friendships i would have had let's say in hindsight now would have taken for granted i now uh, really appreciate because it's one thing being distant physically but by choice, you know, but being distant yeah. physically, not by choice, is something else. And uh, I think it was the year where you really got to, had to acknowledge and remember the little things in life. But yeah, 100%. a movie for sure. And Femi, what was 2020 like for you? Like, I suppose, how did you get through it? 2020 is a year, I'd say, you know, when I get a bit older, like 10, 15 years time, I reflect on that. It's a massive turning point in my life, just in terms of like, you know, personal growth like, I feel like this year, like, I've really, really, like, you know, come into myself as a person. And I'm talking about that in terms of, like, mental development, you know, when you're thinking about the things that are really important to you in life. <laughs> I know we all hate it right now, but to me, it's been a blessing in disguise. All the things that we've taken for granted, all the things we didn't know were important. We've we've just always lived in such a fast-paced world, like, personally, anyways, that you never get a chance to just stop, take note what's going on and this year has been massive for that so for me you know i just think that it's something that i'll look back on in in a few decades and really appreciate how great this year was for me in terms of the kind of person i grew up to be touching off what femi said there i feel like for myself it was very much the same this year has been probably a year i've had the most growth as a person i think it really forced you to reflect essentially and like figure out okay what is actually important to me what kind of person am I trying to be and I think it's just made me be more intentional about things about my my decisions about my relationships just really be more intentional and more appreciative I think of like the things that we have taken for granted like Bonnie said it's really the year in itself because of lockdown has really made you value your own time Mm. a lot more in a weird way yeah yeah 
um, because you had so much time. (laughs) So you haven't actually choose like, okay, now this time I spend walking in the park is so valuable to me. It never would have been so valuable before. You know what's crazy for me? I know it's a year that everything slowed down, but this year, especially last six months, I am busier than ever. And I just yeah. can't get my head around it. I was yeah. like, I, I, I meant to yeah. be like in lockdown. I meant to have like loads of free time. I want to mm. pick up a new skill. <laughs> Man, I ain't got time for nothing. It's crazy. Like, you know, you know I mean, it's because like we have so much time. We're filling up that time with so many other things. So now we have yeah, no time. It's a weird oxymoron, you know? I think it's all the yeah, things that we wish weird. we could what have do done think, before, essentially. Yeah. yeah, that like, look, my, my year has been crazy. Like, I mean, I switched jobs in March and then nine days into it, I went into working from home since I never had that experience with, with a job before. And then obviously with everything kicking off then with the civil rights movement then in June and July, like, and Black and Irish starting, it's just been a, a year that, just like Femi said, in, I'm sure in 10, 15 years, time I'll look back and say wow that was actually a really defining year in my life and I I think that's the the same way it is for for a lot of people you know. For me especially I think this year in terms of activism has been crazy the events of summer have really just kind of shaped my journey quote-unquote in a way that like I wouldn't have necessarily gone in before I think BLM like really really had like a a, a big huge impact on me. Whenever I go about even like talk about like issues about racism and educating people, you know, and you know, that lens is always like, you know, let's educate white people on issues of race. Personally, especially this year, especially in the last six months, I have learned a lot myself. There's so many things that I would have taken for granted in terms of race. So much things I didn't know and I was lazy about not knowing and I was mm. okay in my ignorance, you know. Even like I'll I'll always say it, but even like, you know, from speaking to Leon again, much closer to Leon over the last six months and he, him talking about his struggles as a mixed race man. Like I was actually embarrassed about the way I've, act, I've acted in the past. I've been in my, own little, in my own little lane. I'm a Yoruba African man living in Ireland. I have my own struggles. And, you know, I have like, you know, my mixed race brothers and sisters here who I've definitely treated in not great ways. I've just been so blind to it. I think those last six months, just in terms of learning yeah. myself yeah. <laughs> in terms of race has been massive it's opened my eyes to to two things the privilege that some people have and having to not actually engage in things that affect others definitely was something that i saw that was like my god that's that's crazy watching people have having to be like nearly coaxed into supporting the blm movement was stressful at times but it, it, it definitely opened my eyes to they're not in tune with it at all and then like it opened my eyes to how much more i can do you know, my own activism and really trying to make this place a bit better for everyone. Do you know what I mean? And like campaigning for others to feel like they're equal and campaigning for myself to feel like I'm equal. Yeah, I definitely feel with with the, the resurgence of the BLM movement over the summer, it, it's forced a lot of people who are affected by, um, let's say, race and racism to deal with that. These things that would have affected me from a, from a racial point of view, I personally wasn't really keen on dealing with them talking about them publicly because that would have meant having to deal with past traumas. I feel definitely with the BLM movement coming back up, especially in Ireland, is forced a lot of us to reevaluate our past, reevaluate what people said to us and what their intentions were, and just overall reevaluate and reflect on our upbringing, our, mm, our life, absolutely. our experiences yeah. living and growing up in Ireland. I remember like when I first did the Insta Live back in June with my sister and my little brother. That was because I felt like I had to say something. And I, before I knew it, I realised that there was so much 
frustration, I would say. I won't use the word pain. I use the word frustration that I felt personally about certain experiences I had growing up. And just having that open discussion with my little sister, with my little brother on our Instagram live and just talking about negative experiences we went through. You mean being called the N-word at 11, having monkey chants at you on the bus when you're nine, being called whatever in primary school, like, these were things that played a part in the way I, was, I grew up. These were things that played a part in, the, in my experiences and my outlook in life. And having an opportunity to speak openly about it with my family, but with a bit of an audience, was somewhat healing. And I never felt that I would have been in this situation today where well, we're now using negative experiences to breed positive energy. Do you not think that it's crazy? I know personally for me that it took about up until this year, I'm 27 nearly 27. Bonnie, I've known you nearly 10 years. I know. (laughs) Bonnie, I've known you nearly 10 years. (laughs) But I've never spoken to you about, you know, my racial experiences. I've never even spoken to my sister. But I was talking to my sister a few weeks back. We were talking about like a few experiences. And I think like um, our car was burnt in front of our house um, in a clear racial attack. Mm. just like 15, 20 years ago. And I swear to you, lads, myself, my sister and my mom and dad, we've never spoken about that moment in 20 years until like two weeks ago, which is like That's crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Like, this is like, I've even like saying to my mom, like, mom, what are you doing? Like, you should have used this to like, you know, as, as, as a learning opportunity to us. She's like, oh no, I was scared. I didn't want to upset you guys. I didn't know how you guys were going to take it. I'm just like, it's taken something, some miracle this year in terms of like, you know, people's changing mindset for us to just, flick a switch as a community and just like start talking about race. And I think, you know, you talk about mental health, you talk about how important it is for people to talk about their feelings. And we as a community, especially black people in Ireland, just didn't. I just find that absolutely mental. Absolutely. Like you think about it, it's a bit normal. Like all these stories of like, you know, cars getting burnt down or graffiti on people's walls. Or like, I remember one time we had a big, like a massive brick thrown through our front door. You know what I mean? Like you hear these stories amongst the community from like your aunties, your uncles, your mums and dads, Mm. but it's kept within the community. And it kind of felt like this summer was when a lot of like black people in Ireland, especially from an African background, started publicly saying like, yo, when I was eight, I was told that I can't can't play kiss chasing because I have dirty skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is something a lot of us can relate to. But the wider Irish population, when they hear it, it's kind of like, what the hell? Did that actually happen here in Ireland? Mm. Yes, it did many yeah. times. And it yeah. still happens. Just looking at the Black and Irish Instagram page itself, <laughs> that's been a madness. So what, what's it been like for yourselves individually since like making the page, getting on board of the page, and just in general? This page, in a positive way, has aged me. As when I say that, when you tell me that was six months ago, <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're lying. It wasn't six months ago. That was 10 years ago. Okay? <laughs> it was literally 10 years ago. <laughs> so much has happened with the page, meeting you guys. But obviously, I knew, you, I knew like Bonnie and Leon, obviously. I only actually met Leon in person for the first time in like... Should we, should we take a moment just to, to like talk about like... <laughs> 
let's the just take a moment. I haven't met any of you guys that. at all. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amanda hasn't even met us in real life, guys. Right before we even Crazy. met Amanda, right? Like Femi and Leon didn't even know who each other were. Like you guys met via my weekly like lockdown pub quizzes. Yeah, you became competitors before you became friends. Then <laughs> we're not friends. Start talking about the page. We made we made the page. We then came across Amanda's most famous elephant in the room video on Instagram, which now has over five hundred thousand yeah. views. I must put in the plug there. Wow. Yeah, Shameless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We invited Amanda on, <laughs> and then we invited Amanda on to the page. Before we knew it, lads, we're just a group of friends now actually doing what we can to make our society far more positive mm. virtually, which is a madness. That is the word for 2020, virtual. Yeah. 100%. That's crazy, virtual guys. or madness? Amanda, how's it been for you, like, being coming on? like? Jesus, that's a tough question now when there's three of you sitting there. But um, <laughs> I know it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> for me, it was it was a thing of us realizing that, like, everything that I was trying to do on my own, we could do together and we could do it a lot better and faster by coming together so for me it was a no-brainer hopping on the team like it's it's been good I feel like it's been challenging though in certain ways like there's certain things that you know you do by yourself that you kind of would need to run by a team now if that makes sense we're definitely on the right track we're definitely headed in the direction that I would have personally wanted to be headed anyway going back to the start of this and when, when all this is kicking off like just the roller coaster of emotions that came from starting with George Floyd and the incident there. I'm watching that and like having to just like pace around my back garden for hours and hours and hours thinking about how that could happen to someone. Then, you know, really saying like, we need to do something, like something needs to happen here. Coming together and having the chat and like saying, well, like, look, this is what we can do. Anyone can bring their voice to a platform, but it's important that, you know, we, we all come together because, you know, as, as they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. And I definitely think we have all come together and created something really amazing together. Also, just because this is, we know a lot of people are going to be listening to this. We also have to give like special thanks to the extended team because it's not just myself, Femi, Amanda and Leon who runs this page, who try keep and who like do what we can to keep it ticking. But Special thanks to Pierre Yimbog, who's been there almost from day one as well, and who's been doing a lot of the work in the background, helping us out. And a special thanks as well to our content creators, like who've been providing us a lot of content from our TikToks, such as Jade, Holy, Dean, Lucy, Blandy. Is that it? Oh, and Ola. Can't forget Ola, oh, you know? Of course. Like, yeah, no, they, they've been for, great. For some, for some of you guys, yeah, we have a team of like over 10 people between 16 and 26, guys. So it's been, it's been a privilege. It's been an honor. My hopes for Ireland are big. I always say we're, we're a very like a young country in the grand scheme of things, especially on a racial journey. And that actually fills me with a great sense of hope and optimism that we can shape that. We can, if anything, what this year has shown me, what these last six months has shown me is regardless of who you are, if you're determined, if you have the right situations and the you know right environment around you, you can you can absolutely shape your future. And I think, you know, the four of us and the wider team 
And every black person or mixed race person in Ireland, you know, if we can come together, we can really, really help shape this country in a very, very positive way. As we always say, you know, yes, we're black or mixed race. But at the end of the day, you know, like we're also Irish. You know, I am I am as Irish as they come, Irish to my core. My, my hope really, you know, we've just started, we've just scratched the surface. We're only building foundations. Just in, in, looking at the next year, for example, is let's just continue. It's a slow and steady journey. It's very simple. I just, I just want Ireland to be a place that I'm proud to bring up my kids that I'm proud or happy to like bring my kids up and and know that my kid will will not face any discrimination based off the color of his skin. And that's it. You know, very, very simple, but (laughs) getting to that place now, you know, the journey, it's, it's not, it's not a straight line now. It's a very, it's a big meandering river, but uh, what is it? I'm like 26, 27 now having kids um, in like 15 years. I hope my mom isn't listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, that's me. Like, I know, Amanda, what do you think? What are your hopes for Ireland in the future? Definitely, I want to see a shift in, like, the education around race, the way we talk about race, and um, for it not to be such, you know, like, almost like a taboo subject or something that we tiptoe around. Like, let's normalize seeing people of colour, you know, doing great things. Like, they should that shouldn't just be, like, an anomaly. I don't know, just kind of having a more integrated Irish society across the board in education in, in sports in everything music just kind of having a very integrated Irish society more acceptance more openness breaking down those barriers I think that have been in the way for people for so long definitely like I, I think you touched on on any point that I was going to use there Amanda but my hopes for the future are, are the same definitely around education seeing that shift in in how people are are educated about race and stuff like that and 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 just like how families have conversations around diversity and inclusion i definitely think that we're going to see a a big move in that coming into the next five ten years and that's that's something that i'm hopeful for that those conversations are positive and that kids are getting the the right education around diversity and inclusion definitely for me i think my hopes for the isle of ireland moving forward is that like everybody else here saying that you know that it, it can be that place where one can grow up and feel at home and welcomed like all four of us here we care a lot about the island and we just want to be given a chance to care you, what you said there family you know you want your kids your future kids sorry to to uh to grow up in, a, in, a, in an island where they feel at home and welcomed and that's what we all want you know for ourselves and for our family moving forward my hopes for the page moving forward as well is that we can continue playing an active role in making everyone feel at home, allowing the people of Ireland, of all colours, to see us and what we can bring to the island as not a negative, but a positive. It's not an either or, but it's uh, more and more. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we just hope and we keep moving forward together as one. Moving away from Black and Irish, like, but just like you as a person, what, what's, what's your hopes for you? Well, that's a big question. I think prepare for that. I, I, um, I think for me personally, I, I, I want to continue developing and growing as a person. Uh, I want my understanding of different people and differences to be, uh, to continue to develop. Personally, I would love to play a part in helping that next generation of young Irish people, especially young black and mixed race Irish people, play their part in becoming a greater version of themselves. Like the metaphor I, I personally always use is, I see us ourselves, I see our platform, I see what we are now, because we're the ones in, in our 20s, we're the oldest, you know what I mean? 
I definitely see, feel that we have reached a certain window in, in in this skyscraper. All we need to do now is put the ladder down and to help the next generation climb above us. That's mm. what it is, you know. Hundred so percent. Where does he come up these lines? Like seriously. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little, a little book. Windows, skyscrapers, <laughs> ladders. Ladder. Like, that's it. Snakes, and la- snakes and ladders. Like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand, right? In Igbo land, we speak in, in parables. Oh, we here he goes now. Oh, just God. Literally. Here he goes. Before I even go full Igbo right now, yeah? Uh, Femi, what are you thinking, man? For me, when I talk myself personally, my hopes for the future, it's actually very straightforward. I am like a big believer that you shape your own future, your entire future. Every single step is in your hands. I have my goals set for the future. I know where I want to be with my career, with my life personally. And I want to get there because I'm going to make sure I do everything in my power to get there. And it's, it's a, for me, it's just very open and showcase. Oh yeah, host for future. Yeah, don't worry. I'm in control of that. Let's go. Like, you know. I'm pretty much the same. Like, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as what Bonnie said there. Like, I'm very, very passionate, I'd say, about like, the younger generation who's coming next i suppose like for the immediate future i just want to kind of develop myself and grow as much as i possibly can i kind of have this thing where i don't i don't want to ever feel comfortable where i'm at like, like there's there's always like there's always more if that makes sense i could i could always there's always more to not necessarily change but there's more growth that can be that can be had there's always a next yeah. step definitely mm. trying to use that and use that passion really just try and have a meaningful impact i think is the, is the main thing for me like i don't want to i don't want to just live my life for me and just have my own little goals but actually go and try and leave something for people that come after This year, I've really learned the importance of being around people that I love and, and, and being connected with them. Like, I haven't seen my family as much as, as I'd like to. Definitely, like, with Christmas, I'm going to spend as much time with my family as possible. You know, I just want to be connected with them. That's my, my personal hope for the immediate future. Being connected this year has what been tough. What are your plans tough. for Christmas, man? Just go home, be around family, see them open presents, laugh. I don't know, <laughs> maybe cry, maybe oh, get into yeah, a couple like of arguments. I, I, I generally last a few hours when I go home because we end up <laughs> rowing about something stupid. But, you know, I definitely think this year I'm going to put an effort into being there and being present because often you can go home, you can just chat to your, you know, your family for a couple of hours and then you can jump onto your phone and be doing whatever. But I'm like, I'm going to put an active effort into, into Christmas this year. Well, what does everyone do for Christmas? You know, I know mine's quite specific, but... <laughs> Femi, is there anything that you do specifically for Christmas, knowing how you have to fly oh, home every now and again? Yeah, well, we have like a lot of like tradition uh, at Christmas back home. Like for me personally, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas now, but my parents it's are. Grinch. They love Christmas. Yeah, I'm the big Grinch <laughs> of the house, big frowny, angry, angry person who saps all the, the Afro happiness. Grinch. Yeah, the Afro. Afro yes, I love that. I'm even not the actually. Afro. Yes, fair me the Afro Grinch. Yes. Oh, look, my Grinch. You know, I haven't. I've lived at home for like nearly a decade at this point. So you know, I I always fly home for Christmas. I always have to spend like you know a good like eight eight to ten days there. If it we're a big family, 
I actually end up sleeping on the sofa all the time. Maybe that's why I hate Christmas because I, I, I sleep on the Same. sofa for 10 days. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. But we've loads of traditions. I remember when we were younger, um, I'm the oldest, so I was always in the know. But my, what my mom used to do is, uh, it's like we put up a Christmas tree, be nicely decorated, but there were never any presents underneath the Christmas tree, ever. So what happened wow. was uh, wow. the kids have to be on their best behavior. Okay. And it's like, there's no Christmas this year. We're broke. Oh my God. Needs, you know, you didn't do well in school this year. There's no Christmas. And then like magically at like Christmas morning, they wake up and there's like gifts everywhere. They're like, oh my God. Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, so it's, it's, it's always nice that way. Oh, uh, my mom always makes us all wear matching pajamas uh, it's all like like <laughs> like there's no getting away from it like what she does actually to me is because she knows i hate wearing them she'll go out of her way she'll buy the new pjs and then she'll she, and she'll buy pjs for everyone because she knows i hate them then she'll like bill me for, the, for my own pjs because i hate them for the pjs yeah. <laughs> and she collects trust me she collects like <laughs> I'm just gonna ask Amanda. So, like your your mm-hmm. your family background is it's half South African, half Nigerian. Is that right? So Christmas for us is kind of it's kind of different. Like I'm the baby of the family, so like everyone is like older than me by far. So I was on the receiving end of everything. Like I I wasn't getting built for anything. I was getting all the gifts and and all the attention. Usually, like because because like our family is very very like spread out everywhere. Like I have siblings, you know, in Nigeria, siblings in South Africa, and then even in Canada. So for Christmas, we usually kind of pick one location and kind of try our very best to all meet up and, you know, link up in that location. For me, growing up, Christmas is always like my one of my favorite times of the year after summer. It just brings a lot of like good memories, good vibes, just kind of the opportunity of having the whole family in one place at one time. It's been it's been good. Does anyone here like have like a, a Christmas like dish, a special like dish everyone eats? Hey, hey, there's only one dish to talk about here. Like, don't disrespect us, like, you know, not oh, Wolof Jollof. Because I know Leon's gonna come in now with his Wolof. Okay, Jollof. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, listen. All right, look. Personally, I haven't had Jollof rice Google at Christmas. Senegal once. So this is what happens. <laughs> But I do know that jollof rice is Senegalese, and I'm I'm putting that on record across the national oh, broadcaster no. is taking go. a stance here on jollof rice, and and and, and that's do it. it but um, I feel like we need to jollof explain it actually is. for people that don't know. Like people, some people don't know what what jollof rice is. Sure. Okay, so for for those that are listening, like jollof rice is basically a Nigerian dish. Nigerian. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Say for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's it's just rice, except instead of like, you know, just boiling the rice in water, you'd boil it in like a tomato sauce. So the rice would actually come out like an orange color. Um, and you put in your spices, your everything. Like, it's just, mm. it's delicious. It's probably one mm. of the best dishes you will ever taste in your life. But yeah, that, that's jollof rice. I think that it's been proven that the Senegalese make it best. And then it's Ghanaian <laughs> oh, jollof yeah, is in yeah. second. Nigerian oh, let's, let's rice, not even... I think, <laughs> this guy. We, we, it, we it's it's not guy. too late. We, we, we can cut that part out. We can cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, let's cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, guys, I'm you telling go. you, like, here's the... I always have, like, jollof rice and maltina. Like, maltina is yes, like a drink yes. that's, like, very, very, like popular what, in like what's, what's maltina in africa and in the caribbean oh, come on it's, like this, it's the color it's black 
it's hard to mm-hmm. really like it's from malt it's from barley like. just so scrumpty yeah really yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's basically guinness I'm... without the alcohol and a lot more sugar it's really? so nice you know it's one of those drinks in my opinion right that you need to grow drinking it because if you just like if you start in your mid-20s drinking Definitely it you'll think it's better, like you won't like it yeah 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 it's too late for you leon you've missed well, Sorry, I'm a big fan of Guinness. <laughs> yeah, you're so, like, you know, you have Jalof. You have Jalof, Leon, so you could, you know, you have Jalof at least. He like, hasn't sure. tasted it. He hasn't tasted Nigerian. Do you know what, lads? I, and ladies, I think we need to, like, take um, Leon out for, like, a full-on Nigerian meal. Like, give him, like, some Jalof, some mold, four pieces of meat, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> four pieces. That's when you know you're grown. When you're grown in an African yeah, house, grown. they give you four pieces of meat. Give, give him some shaki. Give him some fufu. Yes. Give him some pomo. <laughs> Don't worry, Leon. When, when, all this, when everything calms down, we'll, we'll host like a little come dine with me at mine and I'll make you some. Awesome yeah. Brilliant. Dishes. That sounds cool. Sounds Pretty good. Sure. I fried the meanest plantains, like golden plantains, man. Oh, golden, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd love to, to ask you this. If you could give one present to another Black and Irish member, what present would you give and to who? Oh. I I give <laughs> Femi um a set of clippers. Oh, a haircut, a haircut. to get in. to get I rid of that. You know, one hundred percent deserved. That's it. I'm Femi sorry. needs a haircut. I don't know what. Like, uh, it's actually quite a tough one because obviously, like, I definitely yeah. get get Bonnie's you know tickets home for you know it's it's, it's that, that, that could be one present. That'd be cute. Aww. It's a shame that you know we're we're not going to see you maybe a little bit over Christmas period, but. We're, we're staying connected through it all and that's that's the main thing what would i get you is i don't know i suppose i've only really known you for like four <laughs> or five months now yeah i don't know i'd probably get leon a little outfit for his his puppy oh uh, i would definitely get family clippers um and <laughs> yeah just to be funny uh what would i get what would i get bonnie um bonnie's like a little bit of a fashionista so something you know along those lines yes i am you heard it first from Amanda Ade. I think, you know, Amanda, I probably would get you, to be honest, probably get you a coat or something, something fashionable or a pair of, oh, some sneakers, sneakers. Some, yeah, some yeah. runners like. Uh, nice. Leon, for yourself, man, I think I'd probably get you a United jersey because I know how much of a big United fan on it. But on the back of it, I'll get a Bambiang for you. <laughs> Just to make you enjoy <laughs> You know, a Bambiang 14 and a Man United jersey. Uh, you know, that'd be and, quite, and, quite and upsetting. Femi, right. I think... And, and Femi, man, I definitely would get you. I'll, you know, I'll get you an Ishiago. And for anyone who doesn't that? know what an Ishiago What's is, that? an Ishiago is the most, tra- it's a traditional Igbo attire. So, if oh, any, yeah. so visually, just to give you guys an idea, an Ishiago, it's like you can get it in short sleeve or long sleeve. It's what men, like Igbo Nigerian men wear. And it's Ishiago directly translates to the head of a lion. So, on it has all the like little lion heads all over it you can get in red oh, and gold and black mm-hmm. the lines are like nice, yeah it's really it's nice get your nice red yeah. hair get you all that and really yeah. dress you with up the like an irish man <laughs> mm, no, yeah, no no no, 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 no that's too far now I think our little pre-Christmas virtual get together is coming to an end, but like I must say, what a year it's been! Like getting oh, to know you is better. And obviously, I knew Bonnie, but 
getting to know you properly Femi getting to know you man that's been absolutely incredible so happy Christmas to all the years and really hope you enjoy with your families okay ah uh, yeah. yeah lovely it's a bit of a chin wag you know yeah lovely Leon <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, of course we should have a little thing Christmas song. my Femi gave to me gave to me Christmas my Amanda gave to me two plantains and a fufu a fufu can we make him stop can you make him stop on Christmas my Leon goes to me oh my gosh she's coming Panded yards, <laughs> two plantains, two plantains, and food. That's it. <laughs> I feel I feel a Christmas record coming nice. on here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Leon's a DJ as well, like Black and Irish Christmas singer. <laughs>